Welcome to the Weekly Hijack. Hello, folks. Uh, today we are watching the episode... Of The Prisoner. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, my... <laughs> just, sorry, my brain's a little fried after watching this two in a row. Okay. <laughs> what is the episode of this called? Uh, this was The General. The General. An episode of The Prisoner. It's interesting. Last episode we watched, they mentioned, like, you don't answer The General. You just... Or you don't report to The General. Yeah. Remember? Which I thought was interesting, and it makes sense at the end of this one. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, just a quick um, summary. There's a cool speed course learning going down where you can learn like a three years worth of history in three minutes. Very subliminal in late 60s. And this professor, though the professor keeps trying to run away, though he's heavily sedated for a variety of reasons. Yeah, forced into doing it the way they do. Not like here. the way, like everyone in the village. I'm not sure if there's anyone there on per- who wants to be there. It's hard to tell. Even the number twos don't always seem like they quite want to be there. Yeah, I don't remember now if it was in this episode or the other last one we saw tonight where some number two talked about wanting to escape himself. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, everyone everyone just playing different levels of power, but no one really wants to quite be there. Yeah. And in any case, then they're trying to get to the general. Destroy the general. You need to destroy the general, is what the professor's um, secret lecture Sad. Yes, he wants. He actually wants to get rid of it because he thinks it's, it's a terrible thing. A person. Person. Well, that's what we think. Yeah. Anyways, the general ends up, spoiler, spoilers, uh, the general ends up being a giant supercomputer. Yeah. It's sort of a, again, 60s idea where you, you punch in information, a question to a computer, and it gives you an answer. Yeah, like uh, Deep Thought from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> okay. What struck me this time is like, there's some interesting uh, thought process about whether learning should be just... The most interesting thing about the commentary and learning this time, when everyone's learning all these facts mm. in like three minutes, is that the one guy says, why was it written? And number six rattles off the date. He's like, I didn't say what when it was. I said, why? Mm. And he says, you're going to need more learning. That idea that learning is not just facts. It's understanding the connections and the why, which is the same thing that now, what, 50, 60 years later, is the the problem with the internet with students is they can go and find the answer, but they have no idea what it means. So it's the same sort of thing they were talking about back then. And so they destroy the computer with the question why, which is also very metaphysical and whatever. But it's also just interesting because that's the whole problem with all the facts. No one's come asking why does it matter? Why do we care these dates? Uh-huh. It does occur to me, they say one of the most annoying questions a six-year-old will ask me, why, why, yeah. why? And, mm-hmm. and sometimes there's no good reason for it. But in this case, it was like, yes, the the why is is part of, well, why? We don't just, education shouldn't just be uh, inputting information into a computer. You've got to be able to have a greater understanding of what it means. Because a three-minute course, I mean, literally, it's just Wikipedia at this point. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, on the server, if it wasn't, like, given to you by a uh, dictatorial, you know, tyrannical society like yeah. this, most people nowadays would be like, oh, yeah, a three-year course in a few seconds. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then they're talking later when they're talking about, it's like, how it works, it's like, yes, you'll... <laughs> they're knowledgeable rows of cabbage. Yes, a knowledgeable rows of cabbage. They all learn, know the exact, like, very basic info, but, like, who cares? And and the, the number two is like, oh, yes, that sounds good to me. We just want everyone to have the, be the same. Like, it's, it's the... Uh, it's how you control them. It's how you control them. And it's like a, a mass market society, mm-hmm. essentially, or, like, factory-produced society of education the interesting thing i don't know i don't know the like the moment the 60s or hit my history well enough was interesting because number six seems to be very much like 
this reactionary conservative in the middle of all this, like, attempt to make things... The village seems to always be trying to push things forward, and he's just like, no, I resist. <laughs> and I think it's just an interesting commentary at the end of the 60s. Yeah, that's that's an interesting perspective. I mean, I guess the, another reading of it is he's the postmodern in a modern society. Okay, I could do that too. I mean, that's the more cynical viewpoint, I yeah. guess. I suppose it depends on the episode, yeah. honestly. <laughs> like this, this episode struck me very reactionary in a good sense. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, like, no, learning shouldn't take place like that. Yeah, yeah. And we saw, this is the first episode I think we saw a legitimate other dissident. That's true. We had uh, another number 12, interestingly enough, <laughs> who in this case, I was wondering, you know, after all these episodes, like, is number 12 himself going to be a plant? But it seems like he actually was a, a traitor from the inside that was yeah. trying to take down the system and was... And trying to save more, the professor. Yeah, trying to save the professor, this poor guy who's being brainwashed into submission. And his the whole fact that the professor had a wife there who was basically persuading the professor to go along with it for... To keep the professor alive, I think, largely. To keep him alive, and he was probably trying to keep her alive. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a hostage situation. And given all that, the fact that, I guess, the professor dies at the end, and then that that last shot, which is just one scene, one still shot of him... It looked like number six telling the wife that he had died, mm-hmm. which we don't see it. He's just it's kept at a distance, kind of like one of those Jack telling Shannon about, sorry for another lost reference, <laughs> about Boone dying. But yeah, very bittersweet ending to what is actually another case of number six besting his captors. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, this is the only number two we've had twice. Yeah, so far. I did check, according to Wikipedia, there are two actors who played number two twice. Okay. Um, but I think we can assume that this episode in the fan order would come before the other time we saw him. This guy was also in the dream episode, episode four, three, three? the third one, the third in the broadcast order. And this one should come before that one. Yeah, probably sh- just before looking at these episodes. This episode, the general was the sixth in the broadcast order and the fan ranking is more around uh, one person has six, but seven or eight. Okay. Some a little bit later, but I think generally people would place it before the last one. Because, again, the only time so far that we've had the same number two, and I guess that only happens twice in the whole series. And the the other time we saw him, he was like, he knew he was in danger of being kicked out. Yeah. And he was trying to save himself, which would make sense after, well, he let the number six blow up their supercomputer. Yeah, their awesome program. Yeah, yeah he would be under a special scrutiny. More stress than the other number two shouldn't be under. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well, Nick and I went full blown into this. Sorry. Yeah. I, I had all kinds of stuff that time. I apologize to. That's okay. Our, yeah. Your family has already left. Janelle is stuck here on the couch with me because uh, <laughs> we drove here together. Did you have any thoughts about this one, honey? I did think it was an intrinsically interesting episode because of everything going on with the what they were calling education, mm-hmm. which I'm sure our friend Katie Hobbs would laugh about. <laughs> But it also struck me that I couldn't pick up on anything that was directly about either number six leaving or them trying to answer the question, why did he resign? Like mm. that, that didn't seem to be in this episode. And that was odd to not have that commonality in there. Yeah, it almost is like this episode, they were focusing on a different project, a different thing that they're working on. Which, yeah, we've seen so many of these situations where they're all focused, zeroed in on number six. I kept waiting to see if 
Is this some other big scheme of some sort? Yeah. So in that sense, it, it made was, it a little trickier of an episode to follow than maybe even the last of the Schizoid Man. Because we're, we're starting to get paranoid. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're like, is this is what they're doing what they say they're doing? Or are they doing something <laughs> else on top of what they're doing? So it's kind of nice to have an episode where they're, doing, they're literally just doing what they say. Because then it reorientates us to... Mm, mm-hmm. Like, not everything is a con. But, but it does tell you that, like, the village is all... Besides it having, apparently, tons of spies and dissidents and other stuff, it also... They use it for experiments. Mm. I mean, we knew that, to a certain extent, but this is the first full-scale... Yeah, I mean, the, the previous experiments they'd done were self-focused very much on number six. Yeah. Like, the, the dream thing was an experiment, but they were using it for a specific purpose. The political one might have been playing other... Things as well, but that one was so confusing, it's hard to know. Yeah, that one was still, that was very trippy. Yeah. I mean, it was certainly playing him, but it could have been playing the whole, I mean, we didn't get any information, but it could have been a whole political thing for, thing the, the, for the, the village the just to watch, yeah, a social experiment. It's possible. But this one was like legitimately like, no, this is a, something that we're testing here so we can use outside. Mm. Yeah. I mean, not like Dharma. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things you don't really know what's going on. It feels like sometimes till the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And this was this was that case. Like, oh, okay, so this is what this this was. For some reason, the uh, again maybe just the sixties vibe. But yes, the, the him feeding the question why into the computer that felt like a very Star Trek ending for yes. some reason. Mm-hmm. This is all it all boils down to this question of philosophy. I wonder if this is sort of. Maybe that's the, you know, maybe, and I don't know my, again, the, the cultural moment as well as I probably should, but whether there was this deep modernism, like we can answer all things, everything's mechanical. Mm-hmm. And then the counterculture, I think, is like, no, it's not. There's poetry and all this stuff. And so in some ways, that's the, you know, what's being said here. Yeah, that, that's why I went with the postmodernism, yeah. like yeah. rebelling yeah. against modernism. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is coming right off of, World War Two and and mm-hmm. all that on oh, oh, the fifties fifties yeah. gets talked about as an age of modernism. Yep. Yeah, uh, very much so. And yeah, this when the countercultural stuff was in some ways the beginning of postmodernism. But I but it was reacting against good stuff. It was trying to correct yeah things. But it went too far. Like everything yeah. tend, tends to. Yeah, uh, I was in a some class where someone pointed to the end the fall of the USSR as like the official end of modernism and mm-hmm. beginning of postmodernism. Interesting. Because that was the fall of communism was like the communism being the like high ideal of what modernism is. Yeah. And then we it's like, okay, well that didn't work, so we're in postmodern yeah. age now. But the roots of it started, I think, in the sixties, seventies. I feel like this episode just remind me that so we've we're six episodes in. When we first started, we were like, how are they going to keep this going? Like, they've done a really good variety of episodes, I feel like. Yeah. So far. Like, I, I still don't know how you get 17 out of it, but it's <laughs> been it's been keeping us on our toes. For sure. For sure. This, uh, you know, you got some that are the esp- lean into the espionage, some lean into mind games, and then this one is much more cultural so, commentary. It's social commentary to a certain extent, yeah. 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 Do you have anything you want to throw in here, Nat? <laughs> like, no, I'm chill. <laughs> Um, All right, I do, guess. Do, does that cover it? I guess that covers it, or well enough as we can. <laughs> if you want this uh, podcast in only one minute, then no. <laughs> <laughs> Just stare into our eyes. Turn <laughs> to a, a, a black and white photo of our face. <laughs> It's a little frightening. The professor he just has that picture on the TV screen, like zooms into his eyeball, like wow. <laughs> All right, guy. Yeah. And apparently, the wife just like makes 
busts of random prisoners in the village. Yeah, she has a strange hobby and not the detail of like she had a fake version of her husband lying in bed. I was like, what was... What? Yeah, it's like she's trying to keep the whole thing... Like, it's interesting that they try to make, convince us that she was the general at first, oh. which I thought was an interesting uh-huh. little thing because she, he's just trying to find out what is going on and he eventually finds out that she's as much a prisoner as anyone else is. But mm-hmm. but m- number six is in his way of investigating while also <laughs> trying to needle everyone along the way. He basically just kind of like bull and trash shop investigations. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Pretty much. He's like, well, I'm going to just walk here and they don't want, they can't kill me. So <laughs> I'll be as uh, snooty as I can <laughs> <laughs> in a perfectly British way. <laughs> right, well, all right. Well, uh, thank you for watching and uh, watching. Wow. Well, watching along with us if you're watching. Yes. Um, but thank you for, at the very least, for listening. If you're listening to this right now, you can ch- uh, check out our other podcasts, uh, our main podcast or mother podcast. Derailed Trains of Thought, where we discuss all things of storytelling for the creator and consumer. Also, if you enjoy our discussion on TV shows, you might also like to hear us talk about movies. I don't know. Uh, but we have a season of uh, Let's Finally Watch This, a podcast for casual movie fans who've always meant to watch classic movies. We put uh, movies in their kind of cultural and chronological context. Yeah. And so it's an it's a added history lesson as well yeah. in an interesting way. And we actually do research on this on, yeah. on, on, for that one, unlike this episode where we're just like, well, this kind of reminds me of this. Yeah, that thing in that year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, hope you are enjoying this season of The Weekly Hijack and The Prisoner. Until next time, this is Nick. This is... Oh, I did it again. I am Nick. You are not Nick. I, right? Right? I think. Am I left-handed? I'm number six. Number, uh, yes. Uh, it's because I'm anticipating what you're about to say is the is the weird thing. So. Well, be seeing you, everyone. Uh, bye. <laughs>